to Summer Breakfast. Great to have you on board for a Friday, this 20th day of January. Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell with you. The McCafe Menu, our official coffee partner. As always, locked and loaded with uh, Xavier Rattan Mays, Melbourne United import. Brett Phillips, SEN tennis expert. Last fan standing still to come. And, of course, questions without notice. Uh, the Australian Open just gets wilder by the day, Simon. So for the first time in 21 years, the top two seeds of the Australian Open men's singles have failed to reach the third round. A day of upset somewhat yesterday. Number two seed Casper Ruud uh, followed the reigning champion, the number one uh, seed Rafael Nadal, out the door. He lost to Jensen Brooksby. That was a shock, but all the talk uh, yesterday for us here, little Aussies watching uh, our home grand slam, was Alexei Popperin's amazing win over the eighth seed, mm. uh, Taylor Fritz. Just incredible. And the emotion afterwards. And then there was Thanasi Kokonaka serving for a straight sets win against Andy Murray. He couldn't close it out. And three old hours later, Andy Murray triumphs in an incredible five-set epic after 4 a.m., uh, the second latest match in Grand Slam uh, history to finish. Doesn't sound and right, does it? The second longest match in Grand Slam history as well, given it went five hours and 50-odd minutes or whatever it was. So uh, it, just a, a truly epic game, only ruined by the fact that... Uh, not as many people could watch it uh, yeah. if it was in prime time. And that's an ongoing issue and one that we'll have a chat to BP about a little bit later on. But uh, Andy Murray, well, he spoke after the match, of course. Uh, he did want to get hit the sack pretty pretty <laughs> rapidly, uh, but he did stop for a quick chat, um, Simon. He spoke about um, you know what went into the comeback and um, I suppose everything mentally to, to come back into the match. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable that I managed to, to turn that round. Tanasi was playing... I mean, serving unbelievable, hitting his forehand huge, and I don't know how I managed to, to get through it. I did, I did start playing better as the match went on. Um, and yeah, I have a big heart. <laughs> well, Andy, if I may say, you have big everything, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure my wife would agree. Well, I'm not sure where that interview went at the end there. <laughs> Blimey, Teddy, what was going on there, Scoob? Uh, how is having ball kids working at any hour after midnight and not paying them, not exploitation, and against every OHNS law in the country? <laughs> that text has just landed. And Andy Murray hard, did say, you? yeah, he is. But Andy Murray did say, it's, it's rubbish for everyone. I mean, the, the staff... Uh, the umpires, the crowd, the players, the officials and everything that you have a match that finishes so ridiculously late. Well, and- well, look at the other side of that. Uh, um, and I, I get where our text is coming from, but one late night for the what? – what an experience for those kids. Yeah, they chop off their right arm to bat, oh, didn't they? Absolutely. They, let's not be taught, teaching them too young what OH&S is, please. Like those, yeah, those kids, kids have just had the experience of their lifetime. Oh, they will be 80 years of age and, and telling mm. their grandkids they yep. were there that night. That's and the yeah, sort of we, stuff we've got have. people, all they want to do is get you know, kick the Australian Open and start getting lawyers at 10 paces on OH&S. Like the kids have just had the greatest experience of their life. No, well said. And Andy Murray on why he kept fighting him, and they didn't start the match until 20 past 10. So you think about it, a couple of hours later, nudging midnight, you know, you're two sets to love down, you're... You, you're facing someone who's about to surf for the match. It would be so easy just to roll over. The thought of coming back from that, I can't imagine the mental hurdles to get around that in your head that you're going to launch a comeback from there. But he did speak about why he kept fighting Andy Murray. Remember the other day you mentioned a stat before the <laughs> after my match the other day. Um, but I think now I'm outright the most matches 
coming back from two sets to love down, so I have done it um, before, I have experience of it, and yeah, I just rely on that experience and that drive and that fight and my love of the game and competing and my respect for this event and the competition, and that's why I kept going. And, and that, while that fire's burning, Scoop, he'll always be dangerous. Mm. Well, oh, the love's word. there, the passion's there to compete. It's as simple as that, isn't it? I thought it was extraordinary the way he structured those last couple of games in breaking the Kokonaka's serve and then holding his own. Mm. Now, he, he was just a, a shot ahead or two shots ahead of where the point was. It, it, I, I thought the way he structured it was just as a real pro, an experienced tennis player that, that has this enormous will for victory. And I didn't know they were only allowed one toilet break per match. So he, he was complaining, Andy mm. Murray, that here we are at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. when he was when he was speaking to the chair umpire. We're here at 3 a.m., which is ridiculous enough as it is, and we're only allowed one toilet break uh, in a match. It's ridiculous. And you know it's ridiculous. He was having a, a back and forth with the umpire. I didn't know that. I thought they could pretty much have a, at least one a set or something. I didn't realize it won a match. Is that right? And these pros, too, the, the, the Djokovic, you know, you look at his issues with the crowd last night. As much as they're having issues with an umpire or discussions with an umpire or a debate with the umpire, it doesn't put them off their game. They, they, they use that still as if they need further motivation, they can still keep a, a really level head and, and play to the best of their abilities, where so many others that are a tud, touch too fiery, I, I suppose we go down the, the Nick Curios line, is that it puts them off, you know, sends them a bit haywire for mm. five minutes. These guys seem to just stay, stay so steady under pressure. Um, Cam in Chernside Park's a little bit worried about BP that when we do speak to him, he'll be completely fly-by <laughs> given the late finish. <laughs> he might well and truly be, Cam. You're spot on uh, there. Darren Cahill, long-time coach, of course, and uh, a voice and a name that a lot of listeners uh, know. Uh, he spoke post uh, the Murray Kokonakis Marathon. Uh, I'm expecting a few tears from that young fella, Tanasi Kokonakis, as well, because he left it all out there. He played unbelievable tennis and was so close to victory. And I'm sure his team will be able to spin a thousand positives from what he just showed here tonight. And he set himself a, a good platform going forward in 2023. But what words can you say about this guy when everybody talks about why is he still putting himself through it? Why is he training this way? Why is he pushing his body to the limit? This is why. The moments like this. Great performance, young man. You should be damn proud of yourself. Darren Cahill last night, uh, Scoob, and it was impossible to think that that or anything could overshadow the, the Popper and Fritz match that mm. uh, you and I were both watching in the afternoon because I thought, that's it, John Kane Arena, that cannot be toppled for today. Popper and winning in five sets over the eighth seed, Taylor Fritz. He won it 6-7, 7-6, 6-4, 6-7, and then 6-2 in the fifth. An incredibly high level of tennis for a player who had a nightmare 2022 and now um, looks like he's on the fast track to getting back to good. And he was emotional, as we said, off the top of the show, Scoob. In the aftermath, uh, he did speak um, to Casey Delacqua on the court. He was overcome. It was a dreams come true sort of a moment. Here's a little bit of uh, Popperin, Alex Popperin last night. How much, 
I, I know what the answer is going to be, but please tell us how much this win means to you, particularly in front of this home crowd. Uh, you guys were just, <laughs> just incredible. Oh my god, this is crazy, man. I really, I really couldn't have done it without you guys. Oh, this, this win is it means so much to me. Um, I had the toughest year last year. Um, didn't win many matches. I've won as many matches this year as I won the whole of last year. Um, so, and it's only January. So. And I was talking to you, some of your team, and we know the type of pre-season that you put in. How much of that paid off today? Four hours of 26 minutes in the previous match. Today, four hours and two minutes. But how much did that pre-season just give you the belief today that you could win that match? Oh, pre-season, I put my head down. I worked as hard as I possibly could. I don't want that feeling that I had last year ever again. And that, that, that I wrote down to myself in my head. And, and I'm, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to try and keep going all the way, man. I love this feeling. And I want more of this feeling. I want you guys to have this feeling more. Man, I love you guys so much. Thank you. Gee, that was amazing. Gee, that was amazing last night. I loved it. You could not love it. Uh, Alexei Popperin after his big win against Taylor Fritz on John Kane Arena. Alan's on the road. He wanted to have a chat about the Aussie Open scheduling. Al, thanks for calling in, mate. Good morning, guys. A couple of things. Uh, one is uh, my wife and I were watching the Alex Popperin. I don't think I've ever had a shed a tear for a game, but when I was watching him and his emotion, we were both teary-eyed. It was amazing. I mean, how he felt and, you know, how emotional he was. The other thing I want to say is that, like, we like to watch the games. I think the whole program last night, I mean, you can't switch. In, in tennis games, you can't switch between, the, you know, two channels. And one of the other things was, one of the games was on HD. The other one wasn't. I can really see the, the poor quality. And the last thing I wanted to say is that, um, Simon, you're a professional athlete. How would somebody like Canassus um, prepare for a game that he knows it doesn't start until about 10, 10, 30 at night. You can't just go to sleep in the afternoon. I mean, I bet you he's been, he was up already 17, 18 hours before he went, went onto the court. I think it's ridiculous. Such an important game be put so, so late for him because the preparation is another thing for you know, younger athletes. Those, those professionals, those seasoned professionals can probably handle it better, but I think that probably did him in. He probably was up 20 hours, 24 hours before before he actually finished that game. So I just think it's ridiculous. That probably cost him the game. Thanks, guys. It's Thanks, a real Alan. challenge, Alan. Um, but what it is, at least, it's the same for both players. You know, they're, they're both going out there at the same time. They've had to try and manufacture their build-up that they're at their best at, at whatever time they're called onto the court. So it was the same for Murray and Kokonakis, and, and they make a good fist of it because they went till 4.06 this morning. Damn right they did. And the, the difficult thing is for them, Alan, is they, they can't have a nap, of course, because they don't know when they're going to be playing. Mm. They're, 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 be, they're totally handcuffed and beholden to the matches before them. So if those matches or the first night session match runs overtime, then that's just bad luck. They have to, they have to adjust on the fly and they get a little bit of a warning, but then it's, they snap into action. Sam, I reckon we could talk to BP a little later on. Uh, that's if he hasn't gone to bed and we can't wake him up. Uh, is you know, Possibly those night sessions are, you know, should be a a three-set match followed by a five-set match, not two five-set matches that we saw, saw last night. You know, maybe that's a solution to, to just try and peg it back a bit. And he's in uh, South Australia. Annie, welcome to the show. Hi, 
congratulations to our um, Aussie boys in the in the tennis. Um, Alexi, that was uh, amazing. Although I didn't see all of it, but just watching his interview um, this morning uh, brought a few tears to my eyes as well. But Arsenasi, um, being a Port supporter, we um, absolutely adore him, um, as he does um, our football club as well. He's a mad Port supporter. So just wanted to say how proud um, I am of Sanasi, and it's great to see him back playing tennis. He was out for such a long time. Yeah, he was uh, well said, Annie. Um, he should be proud. He wouldn't be in the aftermath. In fact, he was completely and utterly shattered. Didn't speak to media at all. Just uh, tweeted uh, late on in the sentence with a with a, a one sentence um, uh, set of words that pretty much said it all. This uh, effing sport, man. <laughs> so um, the disappointment would be raw, of course. But hopefully, in the fullness of time, he can be proud of what he delivered and the path that he might be on in twenty twenty three.